0: Well, there are many ways to perceive God. There is not only one way. And each one can have his own way. As long as he has the goal to see God. If that is his goal... You can pursue any path you want, according to your taste, your temperament, your capacity. It need not be one and the same. Or at least in the name of yoga, we never say that this is the only way. And even in our discussions, in our teachings, we never say there is only one way. We always there. there are hundreds of ways. Select anyone you like. That's why yoga brings all the people together. A week back, probably if you had come to the community church, you would have seen me and the rabbi and a Benedictine monk sitting together and talking the same thing. But at the same time, if you go out, you might be seeing a rabbi criticizing a a, a monk, a benedictian monk, and a benedictian monk criticizing a hindu, saying they are all worshipping satans. So it's a matter of understanding. Anybody who has understood his own religion well, who has gained the true knowledge of his religion can never come forward to criticize other religion. It may be a little longer or shorter. The paths vary. Sometimes the longer routes are safer also. Shorter routes are faster, so they are dangerous also. But whatever path you take, you ultimately reach the same goal. So we we never quarrel in that. And we advise people not to quarrel, not to fight about. You live and let live. Just as you eat what you like, let other man eat what he likes. But only if he eats something which will not be suitable to him, which will make him ill, And if you know for certain that that particular food will not suit his system, you can advise him. Otherwise, there is no need to criticize people in the name of... We don't do that. Do we divide people in the name of food and dress and size, height, weight? No. Each one dresses in his own way, her own way, eats what they want. There is a physical thirst and hunger. So you select your food for this hunger. The same way there is a spiritual hunger. You select any food you want to satisfy that hunger. That freedom should be there. That's why Hinduism is not a religion, not a religion. still i haven't seen anybody defining exactly what hinduism is each one tries to say something because it is indescribable so it should be a, it should be like that god is great infinite and ways also are infinite whatever way what whatever angle you see you go, you reach him because he is everywhere, he is omnipresent. In the Hindu stories of saints and the holy places, you have historical facts to say that even in a, in a small pig where a cow is tied, a boy found God. And he realized. Even today in India, you have a village like that, Kanraapur. Kanra means cow, apu means the pig, ur means the village. The cow, peg village. If you translate it literally. Because the story was once uh, in that small village. It had some other name before. A Brahmin was worshipping the Lord in the name of Shiva with the form of a small pebble, which he called Shivalinga. A small round egg-shaped stone symbolizes the Lord. That is a mark. Linga means a mark. A symbol. Even today, huge temples are built. And the presiding deity is that shivalinga. That shows it is a whole, it is beginningless, endless. It has a form, but no particular form. See? It is neither formless nor form, nor with form. So that is why to symbolize all these things, they just select an egg-shaped stone, and they call it shivalinga. And of course, scientifically, that represents the atom, the nucleus of the atom. Because around the shivalinga, you have a a circular-shaped stone to hold the shivalinga, the avada they call it. That is the Shakti part that represents the encircling electrons. The neutron goes up and down and the electron goes round, round, round. And they have their colors also. The neutron has a reddish color and the electron has greenish-blue color. The scientists say that. But the scientists of Yur, they have already understood that. I don't know how they found out that. They said the Shiva is a red-headed god, if you want to call him like that. Sem, Sem Shivapu means red. Mani means body. Red-bodied god. Shivam is Semanian. And the Shakti is marakadam bikai. Marakadam means jade. yes. It's a color. So that is why if you even see the pictures, Shiva is always reddish in color, fair. The Shakti is always a bit greenish or bluish. Because the Shakti encircles the Shiva, the electronic part. So this brahmin of the village, he was worshipping a shivalinga. And there are many ways of worshipping. Normally the shivalinga is worshipped by first bathing it with water, milk, honey and curd and so on. And then clean it. You put uh, sandalwood paste and then garland it. And then you offer fruits and flowers and things like that. Then, he, he visualizes the presence of God there, and he offers his prayer. So, the Brahmin used to worship that way, and he had a cow, and there was a cowboy also, a small young fellow. He used to take the cow every day to the field and bring it back towards the evening so one day he saw the brahmin worshiping the shivalinga by pouring some milk over the head of the shivalinga so when the brahmin finishes the worship finished it and came out uh, the boy asked swami what is this uh, you are pouring all the milk on the stone I take so much time and strain to take the cow here and there where they, it can have more grass to eat. And I thought, you are drinking all the milk, but I see you pouring it on a stone. Shh. You illiterate fellow, don't call it stone. Oh, then what is it? That is God, Shiva for Swami? Do you mean to say that the, the round uh, uh, one uh, is Shiva? Yes, that is Shiva. Aha. Uh-huh. So you, when you pour milk and worship, what? Oh, the Shiva will bless you with all. Because he was a bit uh, uh, happy of this boy's question. He said, oh, you get all peace and bliss and joy and everything what you want. And, don't you know? Ah, then Swami, teach me uh, a little bit, I also do. Ah, you are a Sudra. Hmm? See, the untouchable, hmm? the low caste. You have no qualification to worship Shiva now. Don't think of it, go. But the boy somehow got interested in it. He wanted to do it. So the following day, when he brought the cow back, before the man came to take the milk, he took a little milk and he found out a small pebble and he poured a little milk over it and plucked a few leaves, placed it over and prostrated before and just started Swami, oh help me, bless me, give me all uh, wealth and rich and happiness and so, In his own words, but with all simplicity of a child. It happened for two, three days, but uh, you know, as usual, uh, the Brahmins, not all the Brahmins, the worldly type of Brahmins, they are very careful about their quantity of milk also. So he found out that the quantity is a little reduced because they used to measure exactly how much the milk. So one day he asked the boy, I say, what is it? Are you grazing the cow well? There is a little less milk. The boy got frightened. He didn't want to tell the truth. He said, I don't know. Probably it's not grazing well or not drinking, you know, water or something like that. But uh, Brahmin wanted to find out the truth. So one day when he brought the cow back, he was hiding behind the window to see what's happening. And he saw the boy pouring, taking the milk and pouring it over the paper. So immediately caught him red-handed and said, Don't do this in future. I'll punish you if you do that. What are you doing? Why are you wasting it? Swami, am I wasting it? I am worshiping. I told you that you can't worship and you can't gain anything. Only we Brahmins can do that and that should be done in the ritualistic way. We must be initiated by the higher priests and so on. You can't do that. Don't do that, know. So he just went there, took the pebble away, threw it away. Then the boy got frightened but still he couldn't stop that habit. So the next day he saw something that can be almost the shape of a Shivalinga, and ultimately see, he found out the small wooden peg which he used to tie the cow was quite smooth, and the head was almost like the Shivalinga. It was smoothened so that the cow cannot get hurt. So he Here is a Shivalinga. I think the Brahmin will not take this away, the pig. Let me use this as shivalinga. So he started pouring milk on that. Again the Brahmin noticed it. He warned and punished, but he couldn't stop him. There was a little previous destiny also working in that boy. So, after all the thread, Brahmin thought that he has to take the pig also. So he came and you say, this is Shiva, I'm going to take this away. So he took a small axe and placed the axe to cut the pig. And the story goes that the blood came from the pig. And he had an ashariri. Ashariri means a, a sound from the heaven. You illiterate, you are disturbing the faith of that child. I enjoy his worship more than yours. Do not disturb his faith. Then immediately this brahmin fell at the feet of the boy, took him to be his guru. An untouchable, ordinary, cowherd boy became the guru of a brahmin. Then. And not only that, that place became a temple. He built a big temple on the very same spot, And that is why even today there is a big temple and the deity is called Kanra Purishwara. Of course the present day intelligence will not approve these fairy tales. Because after all it is mind. It is difficult for the mind to conceive these things. To accept these things. But the faith if you have that faith, you can worship anywhere you want. You can see him in any form you want. As I have said many times before, even a lump of cow dung can become God immediately. They can produce instant gods. Go to the backyard, collect a little cow dung. Roll it into a ball, put it on the altar. The cow dung becomes Lord Ganesha to a Hindu woman. Even today it happens. Even in this age, scientific age, atomic age, space age, even today you see women folk worshipping cow dung as God. And they get all their satisfaction. They are really blessed. Why? Because God is everywhere. If you have the eyes to see him, if you have the faith to see him, you can see him in anything. If I say, what is this? You are worshipping cow dung. I am contradicting that. I will be preaching, God is omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. And with the same tone, I say, there is only cow dung. That is because of the ignorance. I read, but I don't understand. I don't realize. That's why whoever it be, whatever be, his religion, if he really knows God, at least theoretically, he can never deny anything or anybody as a non-believer of God, as a non-worshipper of God. Each one begins according to his own capacity, from his own level. That's why Bhagavad Gita says, "Do not disturb the faith of an illiterate man. He might be worshipping an ordinary thing as God. There are people who go round and round the temple, uh, a tree. The tree itself is God to them. The Aswatha, or the Arasamara, the King Tree, they call it. Even today in India." Every morning, early morning, the women folk of the village will go with pots of water. They pour water at the root of the tree, the ashwatha. They go round and round and round, 108 times. And they prostrate before. And they go with all happiness that they have worshipped God. So a stone, a piece of cow dung, a tree, all can become God to them. Because you don't see them as tree, as God. But as God. So it it depends upon how you see. The thing in itself is not important. It is the approach, it is the way you see it. If you admire a nice picture and say, This is my famous star and I am the fan. You admire it. It is your own picture. Adorable one. but your friend may not appreciate that to you that is everything so that's why as long as you have faith in something in the name of god have it it is a faith that's very important faith moves mountains but without faith, even if you know all the scriptures by heart, if you go into a big, beautiful, poshi church, if you spend thousands and thousands of dollars in your worship, you are only exhibiting your wealth. You are not worshipping. Worship means the faith. God doesn't want your money or your big buildings, or your pomp and show, or even your literacy, your intelligence. Even a person who knows nothing of Bible, nothing of Bhagavad Gita, nothing of Quran, can be a great devotee than the so-called scholars. In a way, the scholarliness. Takes him away from God. That is another wealth. Wealth in the brain. Just as God cannot enter the heart of the rich man, God cannot enter the brain of the intelligent man. Man with lot of letters. Because the more the letters, the more fetters you have. That's why the, he's a man of letters, people say. I say is a man of fetters. Because the pride on, about the literacy is dangerous. It's very difficult to get rid of it. Every inch you want to exhibit your literacy. You will try to use the words huh, of Leonard length and Thundering Sound. Huh? But God wants you as a child. As a simple, innocent child. You are nearer. That's why children are the kingdom of God. We should all become children to just love God like we loved the papa and mama when we were very young.